0: Hey everyone, I'm reading from the book of Daniel, starting at chapter 2, which is on page 813, starting at verse 1. Daniel chapter 2, starting at verse 1. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams that troubled him, and sleep deserted him. So the king gave orders to some of the diviner priests, mediums, sorcerers and Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. When they came and stood before the king, he said to them, I've had a dream and I'm anxious to understand it. The Chaldeans spoke to the king. Aramaic begins here. May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will give the interpretation. The king replied to the Chaldeans, my word is final. If you don't tell me the dream and its interpretation, you'll be torn limb from limb and your houses will be made into into a garbage dump. But if you make the dream and its interpretation known to me, you'll receive gifts, a reward, and great honor from me. So make the dream and its interpretation known to me. They answered a second time May the king tell the dream to his servants, and we will give the interpretation. The king replied, I know for certain you are trying to gain some time because you see that my word is final. If you don't tell me the dream, there is one degree decree for you. You have conspired to tell me something false or fraudulent until the situation changes, so tell me the dream and I will know you can give me its interpretation. Chaldeans answered the king, no one on earth can make known what the king requests. Consequently, No king, however great and powerful, has ever asked anything like this of any diviner priest, medium or chaldean. What the king is asking is so difficult that no one can make it known to him except the gods whose dwelling is not with mortals. Because of this, the king became violently angry and gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. The decree was issued and the wise men were to be executed and they searched for Daniel and his friends to execute them. Then Daniel responded with tact and discretion to Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, who had gone out to execute the wise men of Babylon. He asked Arioch, the king's officer, why is the decree from the king so harsh? Then Arioch explained the situation to Daniel. So Daniel went and asked the king to give him some time so that he could give the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and told his friends, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, about the matter, urging them to ask the God of heaven for mercy concerning this mystery, so Daniel and his friends would not be killed with the rest of Babylon's wise men. The mystery was then revealed to Daniel in a vision at night and Daniel praised the God of heaven and declared, may the name of God be praised for ever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. He changes the times and seasons, he removes kings and establishes kings, he gives wisdom to the wise "'and knowledge to those who have understanding. "'He reveals the deep and hidden things. "'He knows what is in the darkness, and light dwells with him. "'I offer thanks and praise to you, God of my fathers, "'because you have given me wisdom and power, "'and now you have let me know what we asked of you, "'for you have let us know the king's mystery. "'Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, "'whom the king had assigned to destroy the wise men of Babylon. "'He came and said to him, "'Don't kill the wise men of Babylon.' bring me before the king and I will give him the interpretation. Then Ariel quickly brought Daniel before the king and said to him, I have found a man among the Judean exiles who can let the king know the interpretation. The king said in reply to Daniel, whose name was Beltazazar, are you able to tell me the dream I had and its interpretation? Daniel answered the king, no wise man, medium, diviner priest or astrologer Is able to make known to the king the mystery he asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries and he has let King Nebuchadnezzar know what will happen in the last days. Your dream and the visions that came into your mind as you lay in bed were these. Your majesty, while you were in your bed, thoughts came to your mind about what will happen in the future. The revealer of mysteries has let you know what will happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me not because I have more wisdom than anyone living, but in order that the interpretation might be made known to the King and that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. This is the word of the Lord.
1: God. Well, it has been great being with you the last year and a half. I just want to reflect that back. It's been a great privilege to be at church with you. We, we all want to know that our future is going to be okay, don't we? I remember when I was working as a structural engineer, uh, I think it was in the last year that I was working, and our firm, the office we're in, went from about 250 people down to about 160. Uh, we had about 80 people made redundant in the last year, and it went through three rounds over that year. And the first two rounds, I think everyone was kind of like, oh, that's okay, It's fair enough. You know, you could probably do without those people anyway. It's kind of that hard truth. But that's what we're all thinking. But by the time it got to the third round, uh, I remember that day because it, it just changed the whole air, you know, the whole culture at work because they were letting go of people that were really good at what they did. Uh, and I remember sitting down at the desk just thinking, oh, wow, what's this going to mean for me? Is it going to be okay for me? And th- there was no kind of security or certainty for anyone if they're letting these people go. But it isn't work, is it? Like, work isn't the only place where we want to know that the future's going to be okay, is it? Uh, we do it in education. Uh, did you know that people put their, you know, put their name in at schools, the elite schools, uh, before they've even had kids or are pregnant? you know, We get why they do that. might be you. You might have done that here. We do that because education guarantees the future. Um, what about health in the area of health? Did you know uh, that we can kind of get our DNA uh, and our genetics mapped uh, so we can kind of determine what particular cancers or what particular genetic diseases uh, we might be prone to? I just think that's amazing. We do that so that, you know, we can then, if there's certain things that come up, we can then have testing in those areas more regular and be aware of them uh, so that our future might be okay. What about all the insurance policies we take out? Did you know that Merv Hughes uh, insured his moustache? Did you know that? It's insane, isn't it? See, it's, you know, it's part of his asset, you know, his persona. He couldn't lose his moustache. See, I think we all want to know that our future is going to be okay. And it's the same for this great king, Nebuchadnezzar. It's exactly the same. He was the, the, the leader of the mighty nation at the time. And he had these dreams that freaked him out. It's a bit ironic, isn't it? mighty ruler of the nations couldn't sleep freaking out he, about these dreams that he's having. But it's the same for Daniel. He wanted to know what the future was going to be okay for him. And I think it's exactly the same for you and I today. And today, God speaks to us like he did then. He speaks to us now and he speaks a clear word. And he tells us that kingdoms will come and go, but Jesus remains on the throne. So they're the two things I just want us to get this afternoon. So the first thing is that God speaks to us. And the second thing is the thing he speaks to us is that kingdoms will come and go, but Jesus remains on the throne. So firstly, God speaks. You know, that's just the idea that we're not in the dark in this world, that God actually speaks to us and let us, lets us know what he's doing. Uh, this idea was totally foreign to the, in the Babylonian time in Daniel's day. Quickly, we'll have a look at the situation. So, just so, first chapter, two, verse one. uh, This, well, the context is Daniel. He's been come from Jerusalem, been taken by Nebuchadnezzar into Babylon. Uh, He and his mates taken into this foreign city, godless city uh, in Babylon, the superpower. And the the king that did that, that's been wiping out all the nations, was King Nebuchadnezzar. And he's having these awful dreams that are terrifying him. They keep coming back night after night and he doesn't understand them. So what does he do? He calls his posse, he calls his wise people that he's got around him to tell him what it means. And they say, sure, tell me the dream and we'll tell you the interpretation. We'll tell you what it means. The king, verses 5 and 6, comes back to them and says, no, no, no. You tell me the dream and the interpretation. And if you do, it's going to go well for you. If you don't, it's not going to be good. I'll tear you limb from limb and I'll demolish your house. It's pretty full on. But that's what, you're, what you can say when you're the powerful king. And you know, there's a bit of to and froing between the king and these wise men. And they come back to him and they say, what you're asking for is impossible. Have a look uh, at verse 10 and 11 with me. The Chaldeans answered the king. No one on earth can make known what the king requests. Consequently, no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked anything like this of any diviner priest, medium or Chaldean. What the king is asking is so difficult that no one can make it known to him except the gods whose dwelling is not with mortals. Did you, uh, did you pick up what they're saying there? They, they live in this context with this world view, uh, and it was probably wise and accepted among everyone there that there were many gods, but they didn't dwell, they just weren't interested in the things of humans. And it's only these gods out there that really didn't have anything to do with our reality, humanity, that would know and be able to interpret this dream. Uh, and they're saying, we can't get in touch with them. There's no way we, we know how to tell you what's going on, king. But as you read it, did you notice that Daniel, he doesn't buy into this idea at all, does he? Because after verse 12, when the king kind of flips it, and he orders to kill all the wise men, uh, Daniel, in verse 16, he goes straight to his king, to the king Nebuchadnezzar, and says, I don't care what everyone else is saying, but I know that my God, he could easily tell you what's going on. And he asks for a bit of time, the very thing that he, the king got upset at. But uh, he asks for a bit of time and says, Give me some time and I'll tell you. My God will reveal to you what's going on. See, here Daniel, he's acting like a thermostat and not a thermometer, right? Now, do you know the difference? Do you get the difference between the two? So a thermometer goes up and down as the temperature goes up and down it's passive but a thermostat it kind of goes up and down to an extent and then when it hits a certain point it kind of kicks into gear uh, you know it flicks the switch and the aircon comes on or the heater comes on or the oven stays at that right temperature see a thermostat is active it kicks in and tries to change the conditions that it's in and Daniel here he doesn't want to go along with what everyone else has accepted as true. No, he disagrees. And he stands up for what he knows to be true and against what everyone else has said. It's like the you know, the flick had been switched for him. It's like he knows what is true and it's kicked in and he acts on it. And have a look what he says to the king after the dream gets revealed to him, down all the way at verse 27. See, so Daniel, he's come to the king, he said, No wise man, medium... Diviner priest or astrologer is able to make the king, so to make the king the mystery he asked about, make known the king's mystery. Verse twenty-eight. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and this God, He has let the king Nebuchadnezzar know what happened in the last days. Uh, Down at the end of verse twenty-nine, the revealer of mysteries, this God, He has let you know what will happen. So this is the God that Daniel knows and trusts, speaks to people, and he knows the future. And for him, it's so simple an idea that he can let King Nebuchadnezzar know about his dream and what's going to happen. It's the same truths that uh, Daniel prays in that just beautiful prayer uh, that does in verse 20 to 23. He prays, may the God be forever, praised, forever and ever, verse 20, For wisdom and power belong to him. Verse 21, he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who understand. Verse 22, he reveals the deep and hidden things. Verse 23, he praises God because he has given David wisdom and power and he has let him know what we have asked for concerning this king's mystery. See, there's a wonderful truth here that Daniel got it's that God has not left us in the dark; He has spoken, and He speaks to us. See our situation. Although you know, hundreds of thousands of years later, after this time, we still have the same God, the same God who speaks into our situation today. And it's different to Dan- to Daniel's situation, isn't it? Although our society our culture it's really just trying to push God out isn't it it's really thinking even if you think there's a God he's got no place here he's got no place for our society no place for you know in our education system no place for thinking about marriage and equality no place for praying in parliament no place for workplace at all and for you and I to stand up And to speak into our culture, it may mean blessing and fruitfulness for you, like it did for Daniel. So in verses right at the end, in verses 48 and 49, we read that because the switch had been flicked for Daniel and he spoke into Nebuchadnezzar's lives, he could tell him the dream and it meant promotion and gifts for him and it meant all his mates didn't get killed, he didn't get killed. And I know coming here that there are people here that because of their faith, because of their belief in God and the way that they work hard with integrity and honesty, that they've been put in positions of great influence and power in our society. So it may mean blessing and fruitfulness for you. But equally though, standing up and speaking God's truth into our culture may be costly for you. I remember an example uh, for me um, when I decided to go into ministry. Uh, I know this won't be your experience, but I just want i will tell you, you know, the, the guy that's staying at college telling an experience about a costly thing. But I remember distinctly the conversation I had with my bosses, um, and I remember sitting down and saying, "Oh, I'm, you know, uh, I'm going to leave work um, and I'm going to do a, a ministry apprenticeship," and they're just kind of like, "What the heck is that?" And I'm like, well, I, I kind of just talked to people about Jesus. But I remember they really cared for me. And I remember they saying, have you really thought about what this will mean for you? And, and as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, yeah. And they said, but aren't you having a kid in January? Are, are you going to be able to provide for them? You know, have you thought through this decision? And and I remember just the whole time kind of thinking, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, And I just felt like an... Idiot, in lots of ways. Just the questions that they kept going. Um, But had there been times for you where because of whatever decisions you've made and your faith, you have felt on the outer like an idiot from those around you? So if Daniel could stand up in his situation with what he knew about God, how much more of a reason do we have believe that God is a God who speaks to us. See, we have a much clearer, concrete example in our history, don't we? Jesus. We have Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection, the empty tomb. And Jesus reveals even more to us that there is a God and that he is concerned about us and our, what we're doing because he's entered And he speaks to us. See, there's so many decisions uh, that seem stupid or foolish if we don't have the God thermostat, aren't there? If we don't have and hold to the truth that God speaks to us clearly. So, for example, um, that decision at work, when you know uh, that you're not towing kind of, party line, and it's going to make either you or your company um, on the outer. And it's, you know, for you, it's certainly only going to me just being sidelined from a promotion or, you know, taken off, taken out of the company. Or uh, the other cost is, where it just doesn't make sense, is when, you know, you're doing a renovation on your house and the pump driver comes up and he gives you a quote, he says it's 500 bucks for the, the day. Off books for a cashy, or it's eight fifty if you want to go on the books, and in that moment you're thinking, oh, I'll go for the more expensive one, please, mate. <laughs> you know, you just feel like a, a an, like it's just silly. All the decision, the daily decision, like the weekly decision to wake your kids up in their sleep, get them out the door to church, you know, or the wake them up and take them to the hive group in the mornings. See, what shifts us from being a thermometer to a thermostat? It's the fact that God speaks to us, isn't it? It's the fact that he has spoken to us in his word and we know that there is a God and he cares about us. See, that's the first point that I want us to get. The second point is, is that God speaks to us. So that's the first point. And the second one is that he tells us that kingdoms will come and go but Jesus remains on the throne. So have a look at the dream with me. I'll just quickly read verse 31 down. Um, verse 35. My king, as you were watching, a colossal statue appeared. That statue, tall and dazzling, was standing in front of you. And its appearance was terrifying. The head of the statue was pure gold. Its chest and arms were silver. And its stomach and thighs were bronze. Its legs were iron and its feet were partly iron and partly fire clay. As you were watching, a stone broke off without a hand touching it. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and fire clay and crushed them. Then the iron, fire clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were shattered and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away and not a trace of them could be found but the stone that struck the statue became the great mountain and filled the whole earth. See, we we go on to read uh, his interpretation, and it's that each part of this statue represents a different kingdom. And I think the main point is so clear, that in our history and in our future, human kingdoms will rise and human kingdoms will fall, and human glorious kingdoms rise and falls, and all the while, while this is happening, God is setting up his eternal kingdom that is carved out of a mountain. And while man kingdoms rise and falls, this mountain, this God's kingdom, will continue to grow and grow until it crushes and destroys and brings an end to all the human kingdoms. And the kingdom of God will endure forever. So come with verse 44. Have a look. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. And this kingdom will not be left to other people. It will crush all these kingdoms and bring them to an end. But will itself endure forever. See, no wonder King Nebuchadnezzar was freaking out and couldn't sleep, right? This is the deep and hidden wisdom of God. This is the great mystery that terrified this king. The news that he, like every other king and kingdom in this world, in the end is just going to come crumbling down. You won't even know it's there. It's like dust. And the Lord is setting up an eternal kingdom with the king of kings and the lord of lords on the throne. Now, this stone that came and crushed those other mountains, this stone is Jesus. See, Jesus is the one that crushes every earthly kingdom. So, when Jesus came on the scene 600 odd years later uh, in the backwater town of Galilee, uh, the first recorded words we have of his in Mark's gospel is this, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. See, the reign of Jesus dawned decisively at his first coming because Jesus is the stone. But it doesn't really appear like that now, does it? It doesn't appear as though God is ruling and all the other kingdoms are falling apart. But that's because God's kingdom, it hasn't come to completion. Uh, when when Jesus' reign, his full uncontested kingdom will be perfectly completed in his second coming. And you'll be familiar, we read about that in Revelation, when we read in Revelation 11, that the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. See, this is that great mystery that God revealed to this king two and a half millennia ago. And this is the eternal realities of the world we live in. This is where history has been, and this is where history is going. See, how can you and I be sitting here now and know that our future will be okay? Well, the only way is that if you are part of Jesus' kingdom, isn't it? If you're on side with this kingdom that's going to go on forever and ever and abolish all the other kingdoms. See, how do you do this? Well, you personally change your allegiance. You change your allegiance to the one who is sitting on the throne, to Jesus, the risen King of kings and Lord of lords. Now God speaks and he has spoken this word to us today and it makes all the difference to be prepared for the future, doesn't it? To know this. It's like a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Mary and I were having a baby and we found out the gender of the baby we're having. We didn't do that for the other two, but this time we found out, and it's a girl. Yeah, don't worry, I won't throw a a gender reveal party. I don't really get them, but anyway. Uh, But, you know, knowing this information, it really helps us to prepare well for the future. We only have to choose one name. We have to start looking for some girl clothes. Uh, But it's information that's going to help us for the future. And can you imagine how refreshing it would have been for Daniel... To receive this news from God. See, it would have been like just a a breath of fresh air, wouldn't it? He would have been able to lift his eyes to the eternal realities behind the world he was in and his situation and his context. See, it's like he just got reminded by God through this dream to step back from all the worries of life and to look to God and reminded that He has it covered. And as you hear this now, don't you find it refreshing? Isn't it refreshing for you to hear this news? So kingdoms will rise and fall, but God knows all this and he's behind what's going on, and Jesus is still on the throne. I heard about uh, a study done in America that looked into um, how where the location of something is placed, how it affects uh, you know what you eat so it was like a lolly jar location uh, and so they did one scenario where the lolly jar was behind on a shelf behind you and you're working at your desk Uh, you didn't eat that many and then they moved it to another point uh, where it was on the desk but it was kinda in a, uh, you couldn't see the lollies and it was a little bit out of reach but you knew they were there and you know they ate a few more lollies then the third situation was where they had a clear lolly jar so you could see the good lollies uh, and they were within reach right? The Americans, they came up with this saying, so they ate lots, they came up with this saying, saying, candy on the desk is like candy in the mouth. See, I think we need to place this truth about God right on view on our desk within reach, don't we? Because it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to put this truth on the back shelf behind you, out of sight, out of mind. And it's so easy just to do our daily grind, our daily life, forgetting that Jesus is indeed on the throne. See, what happened this week? What happened this week that didn't go your way? Have a think about that. Uh, the kids got sick. Uh, you tore a hamstring at soccer. Uh, you know, at work you had to deal with someone else's stuff up that came, became your problem. Or that cold that you haven't been able to shake off just knocked you out, and so it puts everything behind. Or you've just got this frustrating niggle back pain that just means you can't go surfing when you want to go surfing when you've got time off. See, I don't know what it is for you that you know uh, happened for you that didn't go your way this week, but can I ask, How did you respond to that situation? See, did you respond as though you're on the throne? Or as though Jesus is on the throne. See, this following week, uh, let's face it, it's probably not going to be all that different to the last week. Um, we're not in control, and things are going to happen that will remind us again and again that we're not on the throne. But we need to remember that God is in control and Jesus is on the throne. See, in the the midst of all these unknowns that are going to come to you, what's going to be the difference? so that the switch will be flicked on for us, so that we can remember God has actually spoken to us and speaks to us, and He tells us that Jesus is on the throne. See, why don't you put this truth in a jar, put it on your desk at work and get that weird look from people at work, or put it on a, you know, a jar on your kitchen to remind you, put it in reach, in sight, See, how can we know that our future is going to be okay? Because God has spoken and he tells us that kingdoms will come and go, but Jesus remains on the throne. Please pray with me. And Father, may your name be praised forever and ever. For wisdom and power belong to you. You change the times and seasons. You remove kings and establish kings. You give wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Father, you reveal the deep and hidden things. You reveal the eternal realities that are behind the world that we're in. And Father, we thank you today and we want to praise you that you have revealed this reality to us and you have given us understanding about this great mystery that in our life that you are on the throne that the lord jesus is there ruling and in control and we thank you father for what you have done in jesus name we pray amen